This is episode one of the Angry Tech News podcast for Friday, September 10th, 2021 at angrytechnews.com. I'm your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Ryan Bemrose. So let's get to the news. From the everything old is new again department, Ray-Ban re-releases Google Glass. You remember Google Glass? It was a gaudy nerd headband thing straight out of a 1988 sci-fi with an obvious camera light on the side of your head. Uh, the people who wore these, we called them glass holes. Well, I don't know about we. Uh, I never personally saw one, but they were real big in Silicon Valley when Google was testing it out and uh, ended up scrapping the project, not at least because the idea of having people walk around just taking pictures of everything they looked at seemed a little bit creepy. Well, Ray-Ban, the sunglasses company, has partnered with Facebook to produce a new set of glasses. The, this set of glasses is going to be $300. They feature dual five megapixel cameras that can record photos and 30 and 30 second videos can play audio near your ears. They call it an open my open air design. It's like headphones, but worse quality. And if somebody else near you is going to be able to hear it, which I guess is a lot like earbuds that are turned up too loud anyway. Um, and of course, it has an app. Uh, photos and videos go directly from your phone or to your phone via Bluetooth to an app, which you can then use, of course, to seamlessly share on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is quick to note that photos are taken are stored locally and not sent to your Facebook account unless you push them to your Facebook cloud manually. Uh, I, I'll give it credit for that one. The biggest feature, of course, because this is from Ray-Ban, is that they don't look awful, unlike the Google Glass of yesterday, of, well, eight years ago. Um, they weigh slightly more than regular shades. They have, quote, a couple hours of battery life, although uh, they come with a charging case that lets you extend that to, quote, roughly a day of use. However, if they're using a day of use to be the same way that a cell phone manufacturer says you can get a day of use out of your smartphone, what they really mean is six hours. Um, Facebook says, quote, the glasses don't do anything you can't do with your smartphone, trying to stave off the obvious objections to people wearing something that takes photos of everything they look at. It's not terribly obvious compared to a smartphone that you're taking someone's photo with your glasses, though. Uh, they have added features to make it a little bit less obnoxious to take a picture. You have to either use a voice command or push a button on the glasses. So if you're in a bar somewhere uh, and you happen to be, uh, you know, a, a hot person, single, a single at the bar and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, baby, Ray-Ban, take your photo. Um, you know, you've just been captured online. They do have a white LED on the front that indicates it's recording for people who know what to look for. I guarantee that the first few hundred thousand pictures that these things take People are not going to understand why there's an LED on the front of your Ray-Ban or for that matter, why the hell you're wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses in a dark nightclub. But uh, if you know what to look for, you can see the white LED right up until somebody hacks the firmware and makes finds a way to disable that in software. We've talked about that before on, on uh, Grumpy Old Ben's. So I guess the question is, are we is society ready for everybody to be surreptitiously taking your picture? I know we weren't in 2013 when Google Glass, when a lot of bars started putting out things that said we don't serve glass holes and things like that. Are we today? I guess we're going to find out from the good, bad and ugly department. We have three new tech laws coming out of Texas, California and Australia. This is kind of a three first story. The first one is Texas passes a bill called HB 20 that Governor Abbott is signing 
to regulate social media censorship based on viewpoint. Uh, the Texas legislature finds that social media platforms function as common carriers. That in itself is a pretty big thing because that's not settled in the courts. But the legislature has asserted that by virtue of their market dominance, social media platforms are common carriers, have enjoyed governmental support in the United States. That much is kind of true. Therefore, must be regulated as common carriers. To that end, they require that every platform publicly disclose accurate information regarding content management, data management, and business practices, including specific information regarding to how the platform curates content, targets content to users, places and promotes content, including its own services. So Google putting in, in search the, the ads for their Google shopping or whatever, that, that was a big, anyway, they're trying to cut that off. Uh, they must publicly disclose how they moderate. The platforms must publicly disclose how they use search ranking and algorithms. And the disclosure quote must be sufficient to enable users to make an informed choice. Don't know how that's going to happen with users today. Platforms must publish an acceptable use policy as well, which informs people what is acceptable, what steps are taken to ensure content applies, how users will be informed, and how they can appeal moderation decisions. Uh, this is pretty huge because right now platforms like Facebook and Twitter are enjoying the gray area in between private company and, and common carrier platform where when it's convenient for them, they are of course protected by section 230 of the communication decency act in the U S and, and therefore not liable for anything that goes on. However, when it's also convenient for them, they are a private company who can do whatever the hell they want on their platform. And uh, the Texas legislature here is seeking to firmly establish which side of the line that they are on. Is it the right one? I don't know. I'm not usually a huge fan of new legislation, but I like the intent behind this. Publishers must also publish a biannual transparency report. Uh, they must establish a complaint system for users to report illegal activity or censorship by the platform. Those are the two activities that uh, that you can report to the Texas attorney general for. And then uh, down in the meat of it, we have, uh, let's see, section 143A.002, the really interesting bit. Censorship prohibited. A social media platform may not censor a user, a user's expression or a user's ability to receive the expression of another person based on the viewpoint of the user, the viewpoint represented in the user's expression, or user's geographic location. This section applies regardless of whether the viewpoint is expressed on a social media platform or through any other medium, which is actually another thing that uh, some of the big platforms have been jumping on is, is getting caught censoring people based on what they don't even say on their platform. Section 143A003 says a waiver or purported waiver of the protections by this chapter is void as unlawful and against public policy. That right there is a line that says that the platform cannot just wave the whole thing away by putting in the terms of use something to the effect of if you use our by using our platform, you agree that you can't hold us liable for anything and we can do whatever we want, which is a standard part of the terms of service for pretty much every platform. Texas is going forth and saying that those waivers are null and void and that these prohibitions on censorship apply no matter what you put in your terms of service. We'll see if it works. Applicability this applies to anyone who resides, does business or quote shares or receives expression in Texas. Uh, the first two parts of those are simple, but uh, shares or receives expression. That's almost everybody on the Internet. 
applies to a social media platform that, quote, functionally has more than 50 million active users in the United States in a calendar month. They're only going after the big boys. The social media platforms, you can probably count on two hands how many of those have more than 50 million active users. We're talking Facebook. We're talking Instagram. We're talking Twitter. Uh, we might be talking some of the other ones like Reddit. I'm not sure how many, but there are not a lot of them. So as as with many, many of the knee jerk laws, this is targeted at uh, you did something wrong and therefore we're going to punish you. But you can't pass laws in the United States that target a single person. So you say, oh, any person in this category where you're the only people in the category. Sneaky politicians. Yeah, uh, there are exceptions to the law. The social media platform is specifically authored to censor by federal law yeah, or if if federal law allows the social media platform to specifically censor things, then they can do it. I guess there is also an exception for if it's child porn, censor all you want. Uh, there are exceptions for criminal activity, threats of violence, discrimination based on identity, yada, yada, yada. Platforms are very good at cramming free speech into one of those buckets, which means that that kind of takes about 80% of the teeth out of this law, but we'll see if the other 20% helps. How's the enforcement of this, which is what I always look at is what happens if you actually break it. It's all through the court system. The Texas attorney general may bring an action. Users can sue for declaratory or injunctive release relief. And if a social media company just decides, eh, screw Texas, the courts of Texas can hold a platform in contempt for whatever that means. What does it mean? Practically speaking, well, there are some social media companies who have decided that Silicon Valley is too expensive and they're moving to Texas and this will definitely affect them. For the ones that don't have a presence in Texas, we'll see. Watch this space. Uh, second bill, California AB 701 is another one of those bills that says somebody did something bad and we need to punish them. So this particular one affects any company that employs or exercises control over 100 or more people at a single warehouse center or over 1000 people in all of California. Yes, we're talking Amazon here, although I think that splash also hits people like Walmart. But I love the employees or exercises control over. You got to include those gig workers and not just employees because California has a pretty strong gig economy and you can't just say, oh, there are private contractors that are working to death in our warehouse. So this affects all non-exempt employees of warehouse distribution centers. An employee shall not be required to meet a quota that prevents compliance with meal or rest periods. Now, I don't know if you've been following the, the news of the last year, but Amazon had a pretty highly publicized scandal where their warehouse workers were pushed so hard with quotas. You have to pack this many boxes per day. You have to have this. And, and Amazon was actually tracking people down to the minute. If you know, in the last five minutes, your your boxes dropped off 13 percent and we're going to have to. And, and I don't know what kind of punish there was, but uh, according to the article, which I think was in was in one of the big papers, New York Times or WAPO or one they're all the same. There were employees who, in order to try to meet their quotas and not get punished or fired, they reportedly skipped breaks and even peed in bottles rather than to use their breaks to go to the bathroom. Now, admittedly, some of those warehouses are big enough. The bathroom might actually be a quarter mile away. So that's a real concern. But either way, this this California move does feel like creating a new law when simply enforcing old laws would do. The uh, the big change is that uh, any company in California with quotas. Oh, uh, yeah. Any company in California with quotas must now publish those at hiring time. 
Um, that actually makes the quotas harder to change on the spot, which does benefit the employee saying, I've, I've got something I can work toward and you don't have the company dicking around going, well, the goal, that's where the goalposts were last week. This week, they're different. It also means, though, that more regulation means more that smaller companies are going to have a hard time with compliance, which definitely favors the big companies, regulatory capture, yada, yada. It's a, a pretty well-known thing that whenever some bureaucrat decides that they're going to increase regulation, what they're doing is helping the big guys who have no problem spending a crap ton of money on people to fix the regulation, but are kind of screwing all the people who can't afford to hire a new person just for compliance. The law also voids quotas that would interfere with the breaks in California, which means that if, if you think that you can't take your break because you have to meet your quota, then the California law says, ah, that quota is not real. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Practically speaking, it is vague, but my point earlier is it should be covered by OSHA rules already. Of course, this is the California legislature. So to be honest, uh, 90% of this law is probably just virtue signaling. They want to be seen as doing something. And so they're doing something. Why, why not create a new law? Because enforcing old laws doesn't get your, your name in the paper. And the third one, okay, this isn't a law, it's a court ruling, but the Australia, it's the most juicy one, I think. The Australia High Court has decided to make websites liable for user comments. Uh, that's not really, I mean, they don't make laws, so that's not what they're doing, but what they are setting precedent that kind of does that. Uh, a few years ago, there was a, there was a man called Dylan Voller who made press in Australia. Uh, he was a classic young punk, got into a lot of trouble, was in and out of youth detention centers for a long time including, uh, quote, an alleged drug-fueled crime spree in which he attacked a man and tried to run down a policeman. Real model citizen, this guy, that line was from Wikipedia, so adjust your bullshit meter accordingly. But Dylan Voller was featured in an ABC expose on prison mistreatment in 2016. This expose was shocking enough that Prime Minister Turnbull decided to investigate and there were reforms in place within a week. So I guess it was good. Well, Voller, part of the prison mistreatment was included footage of Voller getting mistreated and uh, lashing out at guards. And it was apparently very shocking because the footage was published online by several news outlets. It drew a lot of comments on the Internet in 2017. And internet trolls being what they are, many of these were less than civil. In response to some of the, quote, defamatory comments, Voller sued Fairfax Media, Nationwide News, and Sky News for the comments. These were the owners of the Sydney Morning Herald, the Australian, Sky News, the Bolt Report, and the Centralian Advocate newspapers, all of whom had published reports of this and that people... Not not the reporters, not the employees of the newspapers, but Internet commenters came and said not nice things about Voller, which is why Voller was suing the media companies. Well, he said uh, the the defendants should have known that there was a significant risk of defamatory observations after placing the articles online. And Voller's lawyer further went on to claim the organizations could have chosen to monitor or hide the comments. The Supreme Court Justice. Uh, we, in a majority paper written by Justice Stephen Rothman, agreed with this assessment. They ruled the media organizations could be considered publishers of the third party comments and were therefore liable for them. They also ruled that the media companies provided the forum for its publication and encouraged for its own commercial purposes the publication of the comments. 
This is the opposite of Section 230. This is the Australia High Court coming out and saying that you put up a place where Internet trolls could post and you are responsible for what they post. I cannot think of anything that can create a larger chilling effect. I don't I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the legislation that was signed by Bill Clinton. The Communication Decency Act did a lot of cutting down on on the ability for people to express themselves in play in ways that are, let's say, not Puritan. And I'm not a huge fan of it. But one of the things that came out of that period was the Section 230 Safe Harbor provision, which says that if you put up a place to comment and people comment, the authors of those comments are the ones responsible for it and not the platform. And that in itself is the thing that caused social media to go crazy. Trying to rule the opposite is going to put a massive chilling effect on anybody. If you're in Australia and, and this ruling stands, you don't put up a place for people to comment anymore because unless you've got, unless you hire a team of people to constantly delete everything and censor everything that doesn't fit whatever your rules are, you're going to have somebody say something that is going to get your organization sued. And if there's one thing corporations really don't like, it's taking on that kind of liability. So online commenting might well be done in Australia. Now, here's the plot twist, the big one, the one I was kind of hiding because I love burying the lead on, show, on this show. These comments were not on the page of the Sydney Morning Herald or Sky News. These comments were on their Facebook pages, which means that, at least in a stretch, the Supreme Court of Australia is actually, they're not even holding Facebook accountable for what is being posted to Facebook, they are holding the owners of the Facebook page accountable for comments that other Facebook users are making. What does this mean, practically speaking? Well, it means that, at least from Australia's point of view, if you post something to Facebook and, and just admit it, and this might be your secret shame, you've got a Facebook page and you post there and other people comment on it. And congratulations, as far as the Australian government is concerned, when other people post horrible things to your Facebook wall, if you don't delete them immediately, you're liable for it. Congratulations. Everybody is now a felon. So chilling effect. Uh, this might be the end of online commenting in Australia. We'll see where it goes from here, but uh, I think the Australian High Court got it wrong. From the breaking expensive things department, let's go out into outer space. NASA is going to slam a spacecraft into an asteroid. The project at NASA called the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, is planning on launching a car-sized sp spacecraft out to the asteroid belt. This spacecraft will launch November 24th, and about a year later, it will reach a, an asteroid named Dimorphos, which is about the size of a stadium, and is orbiting and tidally locked to a much larger asteroid called Didymos. Tidally locked, if, if you're not familiar, is it's kind of like uh, the moon, where uh, the moon is tidally locked to the Earth, meaning that it's not really rotating anymore from the perspective of the thing it's rotating. It's always got the same side facing it, which means that uh, and in astromechanics, its spin is identical to its rotation. So, like I said, the same side is always point. Well, the goal of this one is to smash a spacecraft into Didymos, 
and see if we can get it spinning and see if we can change it. The impact will be at 6.5 kilometers per second or about 14,500 miles per hour. Somebody write that spacecraft a speeding ticket. They're hoping to change its orbit, but they say that an impact that small probably won't change the orbit, just the spin. How it's going to change the spin depends highly on its geometry, the impact site, etc. Uh, the thing is, they're going to have to wait five years to find out what they did. Five years later, the EU space agency is planning on sending another craft to see if it works. Why do they have to wait? Well, the asteroid's too small to see that kind of detail from Earth, and the only other spacecraft nearby will have turned into an expanding cloud of metal debris by that point, which makes it hard to capture images. The goal eventually, according to the stated goals of the DART project, is to generate data about planetary systems after an impact event. These are the kind of things it, we, we like to know about. And hopefully to generate data that will help us in the future change an asteroid's course to prevent it from hitting the Earth. The dinosaurs did not have our technology. The dinosaurs didn't see the asteroid coming that killed them. And we as humans would like to avoid the same fate. All that said, that's a stated goal, but really, I think we all know why they're actually doing it. Every kid, at least every kid from the 80s, had that model railroad set where you put two fully loaded trains on the same track to smash into each other. At least I did. Maybe you, maybe you didn't have your railroad set. But either way, I think the reason they're doing it, they just want to blow stuff up. Who else wants to work at NASA right now? And finally, from the That Escalated Quickly department, a follow-up to the story last week from of China's strict video game rules that that we covered on this show. Uh, remember all of those complicated hoops that I went over, the ones that said game developers have to jump through a bunch of, of hoops in order to release a game in China. All the text has to be simplified Chinese, no dead bodies, no blood pools, no in-game marriage. Well, I've got good news. The Chinese government has streamlined the process. It is far simpler to understand the rules. The rules are that as of now, the Chinese government is not going to approve any more online games indefinitely. It doesn't matter what you do. Your game will not be approved. This came, uh, this came from the uh, South China Morning Post that reports that the ban was revealed during a meeting between Tencent and the government. Uh, they, are, they have put on hiatus indefinitely the approval of any more online games. Uh, no date is given for when it will start approving games again. Uh, the Chinese government considers video games to be a uh, particular scourge, uh, a poison on um, their Chinese youth, and they want people who are productive members of society and not addicted to online games. So if you're a gamer, just uh, be careful about that, uh, that vacation to China. And again, no word on how this affects offline games. As long as you can download files, there's going to be ways to get them. Adults are just as screwed, so not even your faked out ID number from an adult is going to help you because adults are not going to be able to get online games either. Go China, way to destroy an industry. But that's what you get when, when you have a state who controls everything. Anyway, this has been Angry Tech News for September 10th, 2021. I will catch you next week.